1: Hello achievers and welcome to episode number 70 of the Next Level Authors podcast a podcast where we hold each other to account and track our step by step progress as we level up our author businesses my name is Daniel Wilcox and here with me every single week
0: is a very tired sasha now black. tell us sasha black Can I... hang on darling we are on a landmark episode we are this it's landmark, landmark episode landmark. 70 70? 70 70 is... that is big
1: 70 weeks i can't <laughs>
0: it's over a year done this yeah we've got
1: to at some point look at the whole argument of episode 100 versus episode 104
0: so this is interesting because um when it was episode 52 versus Mm. episode 50 i felt very strongly for episode 52 um but when it comes to episode 100 versus 104 it feels like episode 100 should be the episode because that is trip figures whereas we're not celebrating well it depends do you want to celebrate two years or do you want to celebrate trip figures because celebrate every
1: episode so it doesn't really matter to me
0: <laughs> you're just happy that we're friends <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, yeah I don't know because I was thinking about this for my own podcast because my own podcast episode 100 is coming up like literally mm-hmm. in August so um, I'm like do I celebrate 100 do I celebrate 104 because I celebrated 52
1: I think 100 and I think, I think like the big one being 100 and then like a mini celebration of like two years
0: yeah yeah I so think. I don't know Yeah, I don't know what I'm gonna do for that yet. Uh I have been asking patrons and things, but yeah. Anyway, that's I think I should just host the show for
1: episode one hundred. Like you (laughs) should take a rest and I'll be the author for an episode. Wow, you're
0: really worried. I feel
1: like I'm somewhat rebellious. Like at least a teaspoon full of rebellion. Maybe not a full tablespoon, but a teaspoon i done some rebellious things in my past. I guys yeah. smushed banana into me. I shared that story on the rebel.
0: You had people smush. Oh, you did. That is yeah. true. I did Pour like that. Pour coke down
1: my back. And I'm all like, yeah. fuck you guys.
0: But oh. <laughs> <Well, laughs> if you haven't listened to that episode, really that you have to listen to that
1: episode now to find out what happened.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There
1: you go. So how's your so, week been?
0: How, how, well, I was just about to ask you the same my thing. My episode. Um Okay. yeah no but I think you took over this last time as well which was my episode mm-hmm. um I launched a book mm-hmm. yeah I did yeah I did so I think it's absolutely hilarious because my goal was to get to today and get through today before I crashed and I woke up yesterday on launch morning and crashed like so hard <laughs> that uh, I literally could not human in any way, shape or form. Every so often I reach these brick walls and my body is just like, fuck you. <laughs> oh. And um, yeah, so I like the lights were on. Nobody was fucking home. The doors were left open. <laughs> nobody was home. And um, I laid on the floor for about four straight hours without moving, without like, communicating without doing anything it was literally like I was in a coma um and I had a, I had a very large coffee and it still did not just made no difference whatsoever however um I am somewhat more rested this morning so I can finish up work today before taking some time off which will be fun um and yeah basically I did it I got to the end and I launched and I'm very glad to be going back to writing so how was your week?
1: Well, before we do that, I'm just going to say I'm very, very proud of you. Because let's take a second to appreciate the fact that this book was written during a pandemic, during a time in which circumstances were all out of the window, and you had a million other things to attend to as well, and yet you still managed to smash out an A-grade quality book. So, big congratulations. And do a hell of a launch as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's... Yeah, I mean... So I yeah the, the, we should probably talk about that because it was this is a lesson I think that I've taken away and leveling up is always always about learning your lessons. Um, you no launch is the same none mm-hmm. none none of the launches are the same and I really expected some consistency uh, between pre order behavior and launch behavior and that was not the case and so that is a lesson to listeners that you can't necessarily expect similar behavior so just to explain um in my in the pros pre-order um it was I would say oh I don't know if I know the exact numbers I would say it was probably about 55 or 60% ebook pre-orders and the rest were paperback um this time it's flipped so the vast majority were paperback pre-orders and um i didn't even beat my old pre-order score i missed out by one we're gonna pre-order. have we're
1: gonna need to have words again after this freaking episode
0: no no, no 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 <laughs> no, i'm fine with it I've, I've moved on um but i think it's important to talk about this so i missed the ebook uh pre-order totals by one but i absolutely like ballooned the paperback pre-orders so reader behavior has changed if you look at reader behavior from a year ago because um prose was just at the beginning of the pandemic it was much more aligned to reader behavior prior to the pandemic which was everybody was moving ebook audiobook and that way whereas a year on i've seen a complete change and i'm still seeing paperback numbers coming through um, like now, this morning, over ebook pre-orders. So I don't know, I don't know what that is, but that is definitely something to look at. Like I've spoken to a couple other, of other friends who are also seeing an increase in paperback um, orders at the moment. But what the lesson is is that, oh, oh, sorry, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I I have increased my pre-orders overall. So this pre- this launch was up fifty two point six percent on the previous launch in terms of pre-order numbers which is amazing I'm very very proud of myself um and very grateful to everybody who's ordered a copy as well let me just add and very grateful to everybody who'd help who has helped me of which there are many and I won't name them because I'm too tired and I'll forget somebody um but uh it what is interesting and the lesson is not to expect the same outcome Mm -hmm. even if you do similar things and do more like all of the majority of those pre-orders all of the ebook pre-orders came in right at the start of the campaign and the paperback pre-orders continued and came in a lot of them towards the end of the campaign so this is just completely different Uh, and you know me being competitive I like to compare those stats yeah so yeah just like I know that not everybody is competitive but if you do have stats on your pre-orders it's useful to look at those behaviors to see mm-hmm. what you can draw out from it
1: well yeah I don't I don't think you necessarily need to be competitive to get benefit from looking at those stats because you're right like every every launch is going to be slightly different but one thing that I take to each launch is that I will take what I did last time as sort of the model look at the things that worked and look to what did not strip away the things that didn't work look more at honing down the things that did work and then with every launch I'll try to try something new and then just the more launches you have, the more you can build on that, adapt it. And like you say, it's never going to be the same because obviously, you know, it's a different time of, of the year. It depends on what you've been doing with your own marketing, your own branding leading up to that. Um, and then, like you say, buyer behavior and things globally can change what happens with sales and stuff. So I think it's it's still good to look at what you've done in the past to use that as a baseline, but then take that forward no matter what you do. like Even if you're not competitive, even if you're like on your second book, Use the stats from the first book because that is mm. your baseline, and each time try and create a new baseline that's more informed than the last.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, my week's been good.
0: <laughs> I think your week has been absolutely astounding. Wait, was it this week that the thing happened? Technically.
1: Uh, wait, the, yeah, the thing. So, not the thing, the thing, the other thing. <laughs>
0: Not the thing you keep mentioning here.
1: Uh huh. No, the thing. yeah. So I mentioned last Friday's, well, when we recorded um, last time that I put in an offer for a house, and it's been accepted. So it's been taken off the market. Um, yeah, it's. I don't know. It's it's a big big relief because you know I've in beginning of December, um, I basically made the decision to move further away from my son to save money so i could buy a proper house and go back and have like a more stable life with him um and it has been genuinely not one of the like the hardest thing i've had to do um and i I was saying this to you and some other people as well like i'm very good at like being strong when i have to be but then when i got the call and basically got accepted through i got very very emotional because it was something like that weight that i didn't realize i was carrying so heavily was Mm -hmm. lifted um, and what's even better is like he was there with me in that moment, so we had like it was like a proper like little movie moment, like cuddle and and everything else. So yeah, the the house is in place. I've just got to you know go through and do all of the the adult stuff associated with the house. Um, but it's yeah, it's just I I didn't realize how much it was weighing everything down, like mm. my fitness, like my your work. your
0: face is really... lighter though, like since oh, just you be the had light. <laughs> <laughs> no like this you know you can what's interesting is you actually carry stress on your face and like you like you you do you carry it on your face and mm. you look lighter and brighter and happier and you can I slept see, this week. yeah you can see that the relief is coming like it comes through mm. on your face you have a, a very expressive face it's that bloody eyebrow of yours <laughs> <to keep> <laughs> tries nice to compete oh. with my eyebrow maybe we need like an eyebrow off
1: maybe
0: yeah for F- listeners we are like wiggling, wiggling our eyebrows, our eyebrows.
1: <laughs> <laughs> animatedly um yeah yeah no weirdly like the eyebrow thing's something that people have been telling me for years like you speak through your eyes and your eyebrows and I'm like oh do I yeah, you
0: do.
1: You do. <laughs> yeah I apparently have very animated do. eyes um you do. But yeah, so a lot of that weight has, has lifted and what's what's been really nice is that last week I just managed to get ahead on my ghostwriting stuff. So um, I've got kiddo for two weeks, means I've not had to worry about any ghostwriting, um, which has meant that in any time, because I still have to do certain things, I've still got like regular fixtures in there, like calls, obviously things like this, that um, he's fine for an hour of a while, I just do those. And I was saying to you just before we started recording, like in the last seven days, I feel like I progressed four months with my own work and part of that i'm guessing is you know the weight coming off from the house part of it is obviously um having the brain space to jump in and look at my projects i just i just feel good this week because you know it's i'm just very very happy that i'm not having to like take loads of time out to work when i have him because that's one of the things about self-employed life especially with me being a single dad is that the weeks that i do have him depends entirely on like what work i've got set up and i'm really having to be mindful of Accommodating my work and working it around when I do have him, which is always more difficult when you live far away, and sometimes his schedules can be a bit murky. So, um, yeah, it's 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 been a good week. I feel I feel lighter.
0: You look lighter. Oh,
1: thanks. Um, what's something that you've enjoyed this week?
0: Oh, uh, my launch. <laughs> uh, no, wait, Scandal. Okay. Obviously, I've enjoyed the launch, so I'm not going to do that. That was last week. I said that last week, didn't
1: I? you did BeccaCon this week. No. We recorded last Friday. It wasn't BeccaCon over the weekend.
0: Well, I'd already... Uh, Okay. You
1: can do Scandal. Do your thing.
0: Well, BeccaCon... Yeah, okay. So BeccaCon was mind-blowing. It was also exhausting because I was doing eight-hour days and then doing eight-hour conference days. So I was doing, like, 16-hour days of brain work. And um, that right before a launch probably isn't the best thing to do in future. Um, And I think I have got some really tangible things to go away with, like over this weekend and going into my break, I'm going to go back and rewatch some of the sessions um, and I'm going to go through some of the uh, materials that we've got and make a a, a, a development plan, I suppose, uh, or things that I want to do anyway based off of it so yeah it was phenomenal and um I have moved on a little way so maybe I should say this instead or oh, I'm gonna sneeze
1: <laughs> oh I didn't have to mute it
0: yeah no I didn't, I want didn't ever set it up I would and have not blown the speakers so okay I've changed my mind I am really enjoying Scandal but the thing that I enjoyed more than anything this week well apart from the launch was um I had a micro coaching session with Nikki and you know this whole fiction thing not being able to like publish fiction in three years even though I've written some fiction and blah 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 Mm -hmm. um she basically turned around to me and was like I'm gonna talk to your competition now and she was like you've got two choices you can either write and publish fiction or you can quit and I was like oh and, like nobody's ever really spoken to me like that and uh, she just mentioned like the quit word a few times which is a real uh, fire poker for comp- competitive people because we don't quit oh, until which... we've won
1: write that down
0: and yeah. <laughs> use that as ammo against me no 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 but it's like a sea bomb you can't just you can't just whip it out too frequently it has to be dropped at just the right moment because given a choice between you know writing or quitting we all know what I'm gonna do so um and given that it's three years now I really feel like yeah so anyway when I come back from my break that I'm focusing on the the fiction um <clears throat> but yeah so and the other thing that she said to me uh because you know I, I was kind of afraid of like the judgment when I don't really care with the nonfiction because I know I'm going to be judged and that's fine uh, but also I have experience to know that I create books that are at least somewhat helpful to the vast majority of people so but I don't have that prior experience to know that with the fiction because I haven't done it enough Mm -hmm. Uh, well I I haven't published enough anyway and so what she said to me was yes you are going to be judged yes you are going to be judged and I and I was like oh yeah I knew that I knew that but I didn't know it and nobody had said it to me and um what happened is my self-assurance kicked in and I remembered that I don't give a fuck because I'm gonna do it anyway And that just unblocked a whole load of stuff. I still feel like I need to maybe journal a bit or work through a bit. I might repeat the question with um, Ellie in my micro coaching next month. But I don't know, like I already feel like, like I already dug out my editing notes this week you know, and I've dug out Victor to reread that. And then I've got, I found the, some files and things. So I feel like I've, yeah, that's the thing that I've enjoyed because it's moved me on. Nice. What about you? What did you enjoy this week?
1: I enjoyed, um, so. Now I
0: know what you enjoyed this week. I,
1: <laughs> I enjoyed um, basically, I think I mentioned on this podcast at the beginning of this year, I set up to do an eight week nutrition course with my sister, who's um, getting a qualification to become a nutritionist. And she's much further along, and um, I've gained weight over the last like month or so. And I'm really like, I find that I'm really good at maintaining weight, but I'm really crap at like losing it and keeping it down. So um, I have basically signed up with her again for another eight weeks. And we've got a very sort of like strict, regimented system for the eight weeks. Um, I'm just, I'm just determined to, you know, follow it through to shed the pounds I want to shed beardy yeah so, so tell I've, everyone
0: about that yeah, yeah so I've,
1: I've said this to a few friends but so i'm making the the public declaration that uh until i have hit my target which is to lose five centimeters of my waist i am not shaving my face
0: <laughs>
1: i'm just gonna leave <laughs> these just straggly mop <laughs> to grow see what happens and it's not going until i've i've hit that goal um and so what i was gonna do actually on the nla uh groups is put a thing and say that if anyone wants to join me on a mini adventure, whether that's weight loss or something specific, I know obviously we already have our level up challenge, but if anyone wants to go very, very granular on a specific thing with me and pledge, then we can do that together and um, hold each other accountable. And either I'm going to end up like Robertson Crusoe or I'll learn that I can't actually grow a proper beard. And that's also fine.
0: <laughs> I am going to jump on, but I'm going to be very careful about what I put because my goal is to lose inches Uh, but I think I want to focus on the fitness like putting a fitness habit in uh, more than what I'm doing now yeah so well it's really hard because I used to do taekwondo twice a week and that was very helpful because I only had to do one more thing and the second taekwondo session was in my diary and it was just the thing that we did but because they're only doing one session because they haven't got the training hall back for the second day I'm only getting to go once a week and so trying to then I don't I don't don't know I don't know what's going on um and the other because they there's taekwondo every single night of the week my club is so big that they have so many different places but they're all fucking like half an hour away and I don't want Mm. to drive an hour to do an hour to have to drive you know you know do you know what I mean and then have a shower because it's like the whole evening's gone yeah so um yeah I don't I don't know, like I'm definitely going to join, but I'm just going to have a little thinky-think about what I do because I want to do more weights-based stuff. I've got Mm. my spin bike to do cardio, but I want to strip fat. And the only way I do that is by lifting weights. And I don't have a set of weights and I don't want to join a gym. So I'm going to have to think about how I'm going to do that. Yeah.
1: Well, my start at the minute. So I've been very, very sedentary doing lots of work stuff. So my average word, not word, uh, step count each day has been about 3,000 to 4,000 words, like tops um Ooh. yeah yeah so over the last few days i've already started doubling that just to pick that up and we yeah. on bigger walks and things
0: see i'm lucky that i do the school run because i walk the school run i hit about eight thousand steps a day every day because i walk the fridge run
1: yeah <laughs> like that's good that's easy oh, like at it. least 50 steps
0: yeah oh see you're winning <laughs>
1: <laughs> do that 20 times i've got my thousand yeah, yeah. So please don't comment if that's wrong maths. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I'll I'll put a post up. Um, One thing that we'll also do, uh, that we keep saying we'll do, that we need to do is put up the date of our drink-off.
0: <laughs> are we doing it live?
1: Yeah, we're doing it live.
0: Oh, shit. Okay, yeah. cool. So we do need to put that up. Why don't uh-huh. I do that? Where are we putting that? Are we putting that in Patreon and in... Yes,
1: yeah, so we'll do... I think we said, well... Might be something we'll talk it off air. Let's make a note of that a little uh, yeah. right next to the yeah, note that says, in. Tell Sasha to quit things more often.
0: You can, I'm telling you, please don't pull that out too often because know oh, because lose it loses power, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Um in patreon news welcome back to brett jackson and hello to victoria lk williams thank you for joining our merry band of misfits um if you want to get involved in all of our patreon stuff including our monthly live q and a's and also early access to episodes then head on over to patreon.com forward slash next level authors um i feel like i had something else to put on that oh uh no ignore that i've got the (laughs) this is such like a bad way to introduce it i've got the part where we brag about our books sasha tell us about eight steps to side characters for people who Uh... don't know about it yet
0: Okay, well, the book will help you to create characters that your readers will fall in love with. If you've ever struggled to manage a ballooning cast, I can help you manage your cast with a new structure and method of looking at side characters. There is advice and tips on how to kill your characters when it's appropriate, when you shouldn't, and what the consequences should be. There's stuff on how to use side characters to create conflict, how to create, um, or which characters need subplots and story arcs and all of that good Stuff, so yes, if you are also, it's funny as fuck, so you should probably just go and read it just for the shits and giggles and dick jokes. If there's a lot else. of dick jokes, there's, there's a lot, lot of dick jokes this time. I really went like OTT on the dick jokes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> awesome, um, and I'm gonna play. Oh, before I say that, actually, as you were saying about um a ballooning cast of, of side characters. I'm going to just subtly nod at someone who uh, should listen to this podcast or should be listening to this podcast. They know who they are. It's one of my clients who literally yesterday mentioned about how many side characters they've added in the last day or so. So if you've not yet dived into your copy, you know who you are, then make sure you do that. Uh, It's very, very useful. Um, And I'm going to give a nod out to my Wilcox Writers Group. So um, in the last month, we've had a bunch of people join into the group um for people who don't know i run a basically live sprint sessions every tuesday afternoon um, or every tuesday lunchtime every thursday lunchtime and every tuesday and thursday evening included in that is like a slack community in which everyone gets together and helps answer questions and just has a bit of fun we've got things like live q a's where we've had sasha in there for an hour for an exclusive q a we've had people like jeff adams we've had luke condor and tomorrow actually we're going to have um our monthly social which will be lots and lots of fun which i I feel like you might have something to say about that.
0: Tonight, today, it's Friday.
1: I keep thinking it's Thursday. But yeah, I can't
0: say I can't say what I was going to say. I'm going to text you what I was going to say because I will get in trouble if I say what I was going to say.
1: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. So yeah, if people want to find out more about that, you can get it's a month free trial, so you can literally jump in and just give it a go for a month and see if it suits you. Um, If it doesn't, no hard feelings. If it does, carry on. Um, but everything about that is at danielwilcox.com forward slash community uh level ups kate Swed says probably the main level up is that my brand new space opera book is uh, slash planned serial is outlined and underway i've also been slowly learning about ads but i'm doing much better with amazon than with facebook so i've paused those for now but a pretty productive month overall booyah kids
0: yeah yeah working on ads is brutal it's not i don't think it comes naturally for the majority of writers so yeah
1: and it's a lot of it's the thing with
0: ads for me is that
1: it's trial and error but it's trial and error with your money yeah yeah like it's fine if there's no money involved but it's like i need to know that this 10 pound i could potentially just spunk (laughs) away into the void and that's fine anyhow uh just a nod to our level up challenge so over in the facebook group um we've done our. Q- Q3 uh, Level Up Challenge for anyone who wants to put themselves forward, declare what they want to have done by the 30th of September, and those who achieve the thing get a chance to win a 30 minute call with myself and Sasha a hard- well, someone else will get a hardback copy of my self-publishing blueprint, and someone else will get a copy of Sasha's 10 Steps to Hero workbook, and just a nod to the new people that have um, pledged to this week, that's Claire, Cassie, Shane, Lynn, Victoria, and Jackie and for people who fail this Level Up Challenge you will have to juggle three eggs for a minimum of 10 throws and catches. What I really want to see, I don't want to, I don't want to just see like an attempt. So like, Oh, I failed. I'm going to juggle three eggs. I want to see people really, really try to at least get like three or four good catches before it smashes on their carpet. (laughs) I'm so determined for someone to do it in their living room with a carpet.
0: (laughs) No, nobody's going to do it in their living room. Literally, nobody is going to do it in their living. Room. You keep living that dream, darling.
1: Q four, you have to down a pint of milk.
0: <laughs> I'm allergic to milk. I can't do that. Or
1: do oat milk or almond milk or some milk.
0: Why would you want us to do that? That's it gives weird. you a tummy
1: ache. I've heard, not experienced. um Comments from last week, episode sixty nine. How do you know You're- when to outsource?
0: <clears throat> okay harry brooks says great episode sasha's fit of laughter was the best ever especially considering the week you guys had i listened on audio then went to youtube for just that bit wait is this no i think this is the wrong set of comments on here how do you bu- what was our last that was episode 68. This is the lo- wrong friggin' episode. Hey. But, oh, I tried so hard. And tried so fun. hard. Okay, sorry. Okay, right. Let me just go back to um, episode amazing. 69. What well, I will
1: say on that is that what's quite um, upsetting is that your mic setup makes it so that when you belt your laugh, it cuts the audio so it doesn't overload.
0: <laughs> so people watching on
1: YouTube can see the full mirth, but for people yeah. on the podcast, you just hear the, the tail off. Nothing
0: yeah i don't really annoys me i don't know how we're gonna we'll have to yeah i don't know we'll have to try and i don't know yeah i do have i mean it when it goes it goes like it's like a fucking rush from a laugh yeah Yeah. it's a firework when i go and laugh it is a firework (laughs) um i don't know if you've ever seen me proper lose my shit though because there's there's like anyway we could talk about this offline i think there are different shades of Uh my laugh um so Cassie M. Newell says, freaking, freaking so timely, great episode. Okay, Lynn Aubrey says, years ago, a good friend was getting crap from an acquaintance about hiring out work on his house. Fuck that, he declared. Just because I know how to do it doesn't mean I want to do it. Mm-hmm. My time is precious to me and limited, so I, I have to be choosy on where I spend it. I think that is such a good... Um, mindset to have. Money, barter, favours. Worth it to not have to build that thing. My specialist knows how to how to do faster and better than me. That's been my guide with outsourcing and delegating. I could not agree more. Mm -hmm. Ida um says, I think it's more about recognizing what you can't do versus what you can learn. I like uh, like I can't do covers that I'm not even going to try because my time is better spent elsewhere, like writing. And then hiring a to take care of that. Even a cheap pre-made cover made by a pro would be better than mine. Then there are things you don't know how, but could learn because maybe it's more cost-effective or faster. For example, I'm sure many of us had never formatted books, but we brought Vellum or Atticus and learned instead of hiring a formatter every time we need to make a change. Mm -hmm. For me, it's a mix. What can I learn to do that won't take too much time? What do I know I don't want to do, like covers? Yeah, I think I agree completely. Yeah. Um, Arabelle says, oh, you pair episode 69. I always thought of outsourcing as getting a VA and paying someone to do what you don't have time for. and worried that I'd never be able to afford it or not for a long time. But I really like Dan's point. I'll be outsourcing my editing and cover design. I'll see if I can format myself and plan to go wide myself rather than use a platform like D2D because I think that extra 10%-ish might make a difference. It will, it might not make a difference in year one, but after 10 years, 10% is an awful lot of money. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Edwin says, I learned to outsource editing when all four of the indie pub houses I'd submitted to came back with the same message about not being there yet. This also triggered uh, my if money is leaving my pocket, I'm self publishing decision. Likewise, mm-hmm. I knew I had to outsource covers the moment I thought about how to do it myself. I guess any other form of outsourcing will come when my back's against the wall and I need something done I cannot do it myself in a sustainable manner. Too bad I wasn't independently wealthy and could outsource all of this marketing black magic. I can mm-hmm. see the management of books across all platforms becoming exponentially more tedious, with each release making a VA an asset for that process alone. Yes, I have to say, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Like, I am definitely getting to the point where I may have to let somebody into my KDB dashboard because um, – or, like, my different dashboards because – um, I, I I have this table because I've, I'm in the process of updating all of the uh, back matter, and all and obviously you've changed the covers for me, so I have to update all of those. Um, Bloody Ingram Sparks changed the codes, so I can only do five paperbacks a month. It's very annoying. Oh. So it's going to take me like three or four months to get through. Yeah, it's don't it's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Loads of people have been scamming, but anyway. So I've created this table. It's like 136 uploads for my books to up to update every book across all of the platforms is 136 uploads like that's a fucking joke it Mm. is it's so much time i have fucking time for 136 uploads i mean i have to make the time but yeah i mean it's definitely i'm definitely and if you think about it by the end of this year i'll have another box set and then two more books and potentially another box set on top of that so another four things which is gonna like it will go like, no, I'm that's, done. That's, this is it. Yeah. yeah.
1: But I think the, the, the point of outsourcing for like cover designers, and editors, it's, it's again, the mindset thing of what we choose to normalize as part of the process. So the fact that people are always told you have to outsource for, well, people don't use that word, you have to get a cover designer, but people do design themselves, but then that takes time. And I just, I just find that really, really, really interesting. And I think we spoke ages ago on one of the episodes about the fact that with a self-published business, you are accountant, you are strategizer, you are marketer, you are creator, you are all these different things. Mm-hmm. If you were in a different, like if you are in a company that was more corporate, you'd have a different person for each of those roles because they could hyper-focus mm-hmm. on that.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think
1: as your business scales, you have to start considering that as a thing and knowing that you can still strategize and obviously point people in the right direction. But I would love to at some point bring someone on just to be like, you're my marketing guy. You're going to like reach out to this. You're going to manage this. You're going to do this um and and go ahead and when I say guy I don't mean guy or girl it's just what I say for a person um yeah. uh, I've and been also
0: very su- sorry go ahead darling sorry that, I was
1: just gonna say the last thing as well was um with the fact that you can do something doesn't mean you have to do something like I had a yes, real conversation yes. I had a real conversation with my dad recently because I'm going to be getting a, a husky and I've said that I'm going I'm already looking into like training schools and things and my dad went well why don't you train it yourself and I was like well I don't I haven't trained a husky before and number one this was incorrect in my opinion but it was like yeah but it's a dog and all dogs are the same and I went yeah it's a husky um but also number two I could I could learn how to train husky but I don't know how so by me paying someone to show me number one I'm then learning this skill while someone else is doing it properly and it means I have a better trained dog in the long run so it saves me time and energy by just doing the thing
0: mm-hmm.
1: what are you gonna say we can add to that
0: I don't know now it's gone oh just about the risk I think and it's a bit of one of those leaps of faith that you have to take and um it does pay off I've been surprised but it does it does it does pay off I wish I'd done it sooner
1: Mm -hmm. yeah okay question time uh-oh uh-huh so we've both launched books this year um and also I've been speaking to a few author friends. Um, we both had a friend, uh, Helen, launch a book recently, Lair of Bones. We've got friends that are launching books very, very, very soon. Um, and one of the things that have come up in quite a few different conversations that I thought would be very, very timely now is how do you deal with the post-launch crash?
0: Um...
1: And to set the scene, for people that haven't yet published, there is a real ramp up to launch Mm. and you feel it and when it comes to selling your book it becomes a bit all-consuming because like Sasha's done recently you focus on the numbers you try and you're like what have I not yet done what things should I be doing you have all these different threads that you're trying to pull together to make sure that when your book launches because uh inarguably the launch of your book is the optimum time to do everything you can possible for that book Like, you can do promos and things later to, like, help it rank and do other stuff. But the launch is is a massive part of making sure that book is successful. And so once the book is done and you're on the next day, there inevitably comes a moment where you suddenly just – you shoulders off and you just breathe out. And there's – for me anyway, there's a fog of, like, what should I do now?
0: (laughs) So before we go into – that I think we have to address that arc right Mm -hmm. because on like you just mentioned that there is that ramp up and I totally agree there is a ramp up but when it's your first book when you've spent let's say you've spent 18 months in the indie community learning and it's taking you 18 months to get your book to, because I think that's probably where you're gonna go with this okay do you? Oh, okay. Well, Maybe. this is interesting. Well, so this is, this is what I want to talk about because, and I will address the, the crash in terms of me now, um, but also I just want to, because I think the crash has changed for me over the years. So um, that first launch is horrific. <laughs> right you put everything into it and we all have these expectations and i think it is augmented by what you see on social media which is why i don't really what i try not to do is talk about the actual numbers like so i talked about percentage i try not to tell people the numbers because i think that um so many of us yes get yes For me, comparisonitis is generative and it creates action. For others, it is oppressive, Mm -hmm. it is a negative, it creates a terrible mindset. And there are some groups like 20 Books to 50K which are phenomenal. If you can handle comparisonitis, you will learn so fucking much from that group. The problem with that group in my humble opinion, is that they are very generous, which is good for people like me in sharing numbers, mm-hmm. but that's not so good for a lot of other people. And so you see these people who have studied, studied, studied the market, studied the industry, who naturally have the ability to write fast and publish fast, and also have the are privileged enough that they have a wad of cash that they can afford to throw at marketing and and, and specifically ads, um, pardon me, and let's say they are also good at analytics and, and understanding advertising. And so what happens is you have these first-time authors that come in and smash their genre, and they're making 10 grand, 15 grand um, out the gate. But they are lightning strikes. But the problem is because their posts are so informative and so, you know... Um, full of information they get 500 likes on them and everybody gets to see them and they're shared and they're talked about and so people start to think that this is normal so I'm going to tell you my numbers uh for my first ever launch because I think this is going to be a bit of realism right okay so this is what I wanted to do okay yes I wasn't planning on doing this but I
1: am so no I'm with you I'm with you this needs to happen right
0: this needs to happen so I'm going to tell you that's why my computer is screaming yeah exactly no I just and when you were talking this is exactly what I was doing I was going into my KDP dash and I was opening my historical numbers so I'm not going to tell you what I earned this time round it was it was a really good amount of money and it pays my mortgage right I, I pay my mortgage from my writing my first ever launch guys I sold 86 copies that is a lot Compared to a lot of first time authors, 86 copies is a lot. And you're probably going to be horrified by that because a lot of people build up these expectations that they can sell hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of copies out the gate. You can't. I'm sorry, but you can't. Unless you are excellent at advertising, unless you are um, able to write fast and publish fast, unless you know your genre and your market and your comparison authors inside out, unless you're fucking good at marketing, unless you've already built up an audience prior to launching, you're not going to sell many copies you're probably not even going to sell more than 50 copies like if you sell more than 100 copies you are doing incredibly well most like people say that you know indie books don't sell more than or any books actually including traditional don't sell more than 250 copies in their lifetime but I don't think people really hear that or understand it okay my first month I sold 86 copies and I was fucking going some because we all know that I go some on every single thing that I do, right? And so you, and it's taken me years to get to the point where I'm selling a lot, you know, enough that I can pay for my life and my lifestyle and do this full time. But yeah, so like the crash after that was significantly worse than the crash I'm experiencing now, okay? So this is the point to go, go back to the crashes because I also naively, Built up that expectation in my mind that I would sell X many copies or whatever, you know. And I genuinely thought, you know, maybe I'll be able to sell 200 copies in my first month. Bitch, get (laughs) real! Like (laughs) fucking what? No, no. And so you are going to make a loss. You are. You will make a loss in your first month, couple of months. And if you don't, I salute you. Sir or ma'am, because the chances are you are going to make a loss until you have at least three to five books. Mm -hmm. That is a lot of money to sink into a business before you're making um, good money. However, the crash, I was, I did not take that launch very well. (laughs) I was delighted in some respects that I'd managed to sell 86 copies and. Which book was this? Villains. Mm, There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it, so the crash was, I think, twofold. It was exhaustion because I put everything into it. And it was also the mental, it was the the, the competition in me going, oh shit, this is going to be harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, and then it was also that dig deep. Because even though I only sold 86 copies, Back then, I was like, holy shit, I've still sold 86 copies. And that is amazing because I had heard from lots of other writers who'd managed to. Only five of those can be family. (laughs) Yeah, but that's it because, you know, and I was still comparing back then, but, you know, and you could see those people who were selling half a million pounds a year or whatever. But, you know, I had gone out of my way to sort of talk to other people about how many copies they sold. And I knew that 86 copies was good. And so that crash came back out the other side was me going I sold 86 fucking copies if I can sell 86 copies on a launch what can I do next time or how else can I sell more copies and so I came back out it was a baseline exactly exactly that and if nothing else it showed you that you can go from selling you know 50 copies 30 copies the first month to full-time author it is possible you can do it now on the crash it is an exhaustion crash and a mental crash. And I go into like zombie mode where I'm just not able to cope with anything or do anything or communicate. Um, I become like very nonverbal. Um, but once I've rested, I come back out. Now, there is this emptiness, I think, that I experience. I experience a bit of a hole because it does, like you said earlier, become all consuming um, and you don't see an awful lot and and like I become a bit of a shit friend and a bit of a shit wife and a bit of a shit everything because you say? I just dr- no I do no, <laughs> completely. no I do genuinely I do feel like that's what I do and the minute I come back out of that because I just it's the focus that we both have high focus mm-hmm. and so I just tunnel vision and I'm driving towards that launch day and unfortunately there is a bit of a cliff off the end because it's done it's done it's over you know yes you can still mark it and you know So I'm going to stop talking and give you some tangible things. (laughs) Number one, make sure your marketing plan extends beyond your launch day. So make sure your marketing plan lasts for at least three months after your launch date. That is the first thing I would say to because then you will still have tasks and actions that you need to do, which will keep you from tipping too far off cliff number two make sure you do put some rest days in uh, because you will be exhausted number three make sure you know what your next project is going to be before mm. launch day Hell because yeah. if you have that in there you already have the hook into the next thing that you need to do and if you um, don't because i've
1: experienced this you can just slip into time stretching and before you know it three months yeah. have passed and you've done nothing yeah i've done yeah. that yeah especially early yeah. on a lot
0: yeah. So it's because the other thing I was going to say, not only to know what your next project is, but if you can have started it just a little bit even before your launch, that really helps to keep the momentum going. Um, so I think those would be my three tips for preventing or healing the cliff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And just expect some emptiness. Um, expect launch day itself to be quite anticlimactic, I yes. would say. Yes. I was going to um, say. Yeah, because like you build up to this thing, and then it's all digital, and it's completely out of your hands.
1: Now, a good way to conquer that, because obviously, I did the I did the Facebook live the evening of, which definitely helps to like cap off that day and make it seem celebratory. Yeah. And you you did one last night, and I know yeah. that. Um, my friend Julie Heiner, she does like live events where she had like a band playing and she had people join her on Zoom, and it was a whole week celebration. So, if you can find a way to create that real sort of physical celebration with people, that's infinitely helpful rather than just watching the numbers on your screen and then just going to bed.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree completely. Mm. How about you, Boo? How, about, how do you deal with the crash?
1: So, um, I'll share my first numbers as well, um, and I hadn't, I hadn't considered. Bringing up the fact that obviously it changes each time, but like I say, the minute you started talking, I was like, I know where this is going to go because we've both spoken about this recently, um, mm. and and it is to to accept that the indie life, the self publishing life, is a is a long term game, and you do see infinite numbers or infinite comments in um, groups like Twenty Books to Fifty K, which like you say is a fantastic resource, but I think you have to approach it with a certain level of caution depending on who you are
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and what a
1: lot of people often neglects to take into account even though it's said in the post is that the people that are showing these big numbers they do have 10 15 books behind them and what they've done is they've learned how to advertise or you do have lightning strikes where that first book does hit a vein and it does skyrocket and that's what you capitalize and that's what's seen in that group but for 95 easy percent of people it is that slow long game so in the first month of the launch of sins of smoke i moved 106 copies how many of those were paid three because I did a free promotion and moved 103 copies and I got myself my bestseller tag. That's the truth. Like it was, it went into like, I knew none of this at the time it went into a niche uh, category. It moved enough to hit number one. It, it did well by that standard by a first book in that time with a free, free thing. Um, The algorithms and stuff have changed somewhat now, but like 106 copies in, in that month. And I kept going forward. And I've said this again and again that my, the thing that I attribute my success to the most is just sticking with it
0: mm-hmm. and
1: doing the thing. Like, I love the process of writing, I love creating stuff, I love working with other authors. And so that's the ecosystem that I've grown. And it's taken me six years to get to where I am. Like, that first two years at least, I can't, I don't think I would have made more than about two, 300 quid in total. And that was with a novella and a novel
0: yeah I think I made I don't know I made if I made oh, I can probably check in I don't know I know I made a loss anyway I made a loss for two years and then I and then I rapidly started making yeah it after two years it sort of really flipped on its head and it ballooned a bit yeah and, and then it, and then it plateaued and then it bloomed, and then it plateaued and then it bloomed yeah. and
1: yeah and it's just a constant game of just zig and zagging and I don't want that to be disheartening for people because uh, I am working with someone at the minute and we've got a launch plan in place that is going to bring more than those numbers but that involves experience that involves strategy Mm -hmm. and that involves a marketing budget because if you're I mean I put pretty much nothing (laughs) towards that first launch like it was just me throwing it out on social media and hooking in a few different groups and things and trying to trying to push it but like, there are things that you can do. And like I say, that comes from experience or working with people who have that kind of experience to help you. Um, mm-hmm. But that, that first launch is going to be tough. And I think, so I don't know that I had a crash then because, and I've said this often, that first book I wrote for me, I had zero expectations. I didn't even know indie communities at that point. I knew nothing about cables, nothing about any Facebook groups. I hadn't met Hawk and Cleaver yet. That book was literally written in my own little mind lab because I wanted a book with my name on, on the shelf. So Mm. the fact that it then moved that was just a nice surprise to me. And then I grew it from there. Um, But I think recently, obviously I launched the self-publishing blueprint in June. Oh my God, was that only two months ago? Not even that yet.
0: Not even that yet.
1: Um, I think similar to you, I, I tend to now make a point of, having a drink or doing something that is for me, even if it's just, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of pizza. So I'll just like make, make sure I have a pizza that night and reward myself somewhat for the thing that I've done. Um, the next day I'll try to as much as I can put in a rest in which I can just let go and, you know, reward myself for the thing that I've done. But for me, the real reward, and this is um, a realization I came to recently because i have so many ideas and so many things i want to get to the real reward for me and the way that i deal with the post launch crash is just to get started on the next Mm thing, because it's something that i've been waiting so long to do and we all get into Mm -hmm. that part of when we're towards the end of a book and we're like i wish i could be writing anything else right now (laughs) yeah and and then you suddenly have that fresh slate again and you're like oh okay cool let's get started like yummy yummy yummy
0: Yeah, and, I am and, so full of that today like or yeah. I'm like all of the things what the world is like Oyster again like yeah, yeah. And I
1: think you should definitely be careful of overloading and just keep driving but I think I listened to people too much to the point of I think last year after one of my launches I took a few days off and I was like I just want to do the thing I'm unhappy that I'm not doing the thing um and so I do I treat myself by at least getting started on the ne- next project. Or like you say, if you can start it just before the launch finishes, well, before the launch, that's very, very helpful because that just keeps that momentum. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I reward myself with with the next thing. And I you know record what happened in that launch, ready to take that forward for next time and just try and take any lessons that I have learned from that launch, write them down and have them for moving forward. And that's all this process is. It's, it's just block stacking it's just starting in one place getting your baseline doing it again but better getting your baseline doing it better next time and just building that and i think we both kind of i think we're probably i'm careful i'm going to say this like we're probably more of the example of what to expect yeah if you follow the indie path rather than a lot of friends and people that we know that like i've done amazing things but there are lightning crashes with with like if you go into those groups and things you do see people that just take off and it's amazing but for the majority of people
0: yeah i am not a lightning strike i have never i have never sold tens of thousands of anything in a in a single month i have not done that what i've done is very slowly very strategically build up month on month on month And it's been slow and it's been grueling, but slowly but surely, you know, it has gone up and up and up and up. And um in the that up and up and up, there have been troughs. You know, it goes up, it comes down, it goes up, it comes down. Like, but every time that plateau is a little bit higher, I am not a lightning strike. I have never been a lightning strike. You never say never. Maybe I will be at some point, but (laughs) that is not what I am. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking hoping. Exactly. But yeah, I am a very normal. Well, I'm not normal, but you know, like financially, I'm a very normal, you, you, this, the expectation. Yeah. Just what you just said completely. Like we, I think I am very standard in terms of, that sort of process. increase, small increase, yeah, plateau, small increase, plateau. um Consistency, yeah,
1: improvement.
0: Yeah. 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 I am not one of these 20 books to 50 Kers who smash out 100, 100 grand in five seconds flat. You know, I'm not but I have earned some very good money. I want to be. I I know. (laughs) Seriously, I want to be too. But I will be eventually. I will get there. I am determined to get there.
1: Number one, this episode went in a totally different direction than what I thought it would, which I love. Number two, really, really love the angle that that came from and the fact that you're arguably one of your biggest selling books. That's where it started.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that book still sells every single day. It is still making me money every single day. And hopefully it's about to make me a whole bunch more money because I've almost got that bloody fucking audiobook over hey. the line. So I'm very excited to see what happens. Um, yeah, so we'll see. Hopefully that will encourage me and spur me on to do the next one. I, that is have. That and the fiction are the two things that I'm doing when I come back.
1: I think this is one of my favourite episodes we've had. Um. <sighs> Yeah, very much enjoyed this one because
0: it's, it's mindset related, and also we were super honest.
1: Yeah, it's just transparent. Um, yeah, I almost want to change the title so that it's like really, really clickbaity, so people get the value from it, but we can't. We can't yeah. do that. You could. Oh, uh, we'll figure it out. Um, okay. How are we leveling up our business this week?
0: Um, I am going to rest. And I am going to. Why are you laughing? We
1: didn't me? do our own confessional.
0: Oh, shit.
1: <laughs> so, before we do this week, last week, I mean, you did it. Sasha will launch a book.
0: Okay. Yeah. Cool. How did I miss that?
1: Um, I will set when winter comes for pre order, which I have done, though I still need to like work the blurb and things. Um, and also, just to extra touch on that, I finished the outline for the thing. So now I'm trickling down into the next steps of that, which is very exciting.
0: That is exciting.
1: So how are we living our business this week?
0: (laughs) Okay, yeah. Um, I'm going to rest and try and avoid the computer as much as humanly possible. Mm -hmm. And I am going to make a start on reviewing the BeccaCon and a plan. And that plan is both going to be BeccaCon self-development And it's going to be like I'm going to merge the self-development with um, the business stuff. So, for example, like one of the things that I know I need to do is create um, like I have a word tracker, but I need a slightly different tracker. I'm Mm. still going to use my word tracker because I like having it digitally. But I'm going to create some other trackers that are physical because there's something that I still have with that physicality of. Yeah. marking um so like i'm go- i'm trying to like, but the trackers will match whatever it is that i want to do in my business so i'm going to change what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> um i'm going to rest and i'm going to think and i want to intentionally think okay so that's why i'm making it an action because i want to intentionally think about the plans and the development that is my two things yeah
1: I am I feel like it's really vague because I can't yet publicly say it but I'm going to action the next phase of outlining the thing which I can tell you specifically what that is okay so it's accountable but yeah Phase yes. two thinking. Yes,
0: you need to tell me so I know that you've done the thing. Hundred percent.
1: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Okay, fine.
1: Yep. Yeah. And I'll do um another because I did ten thousand words of edits on when it comes this week, so I'm gonna do another ten. Okay. Cool. Would so you, the question what did I just
0: say think and rest. <laughs> think and
1: rest. It's a simple one. Yeah. So a question this week: How do you deal with a post-launch crash? Or if you haven't yet launched a book. What measures are you putting in place to deal with your post-loss crash? Mm. Along those lines. Okay, and thank you everyone for joining. And as always, we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hungry for more?
0: If you enjoyed this podcast, you can hear more of my angelic accent and Dan's dulcet tones on our other podcasts.
1: For more of me, check out the Great Writers Share podcast.
0: For more of me, listen to the Rebel Author Podcast. We'll be back next week holding each other to account as Dan and Sasha become Next Level Authors. I have nothing in the back. Can we just, like,
1: I okay, can okay, just cushion. stop for a second. <laughs>
0: right, listen, listen. Sasha has, like, four layers of concealer on, and we can still see bags, okay, right? I have nothing in the tank, like nada, not a fucking zip of anything in the tank, apart from like two layers of bags, one here and one here. Like that's how but bad you still the situation show up, is,
1: and you still put the work in because that's who the fuck you are.
0: Yes, <laughs> <laughs> couldn't have said that any more convincingly.